0: Hello and welcome to Blotterist. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing The Lady Jewel Diviner by Rosalie Oakes.
1: This was published on January 21st, 2021. And we did receive a complimentary copy of this book from Book Sirens. And this is the first
0: book in the Lady Jewel Diviner series. Which, even though this first book
1: only came out a month ago, the second one's already out, right?
0: The second one is already out, and the third one is coming out on March 1st, so if this sounds interesting to you, the whole series is out on Kindle Unlimited, uh, so check it out. And we are
1: sort of, we're giving this our usual romance novel treatment with this summary and our own random number summaries, but we both agree this is more of a romance-adjacent book, so we'll be skipping our usual discussion of offensiveness and sexiness, because it's not really relevant to this book. Yeah.
0: So we'll get started with The Book Jacket. Diamonds, death, and Devonshire tea in a magical Regency England. Miss Eleanor Avely's proper upbringing cannot prepare her for the tiny spinster vampire who crashes into her sitting room
1: and demands to be fed with a sheep. Eleanor already has enough troubles without having to catch ruminants. First, her secret gift for divining jewels has landed her in a scandal, exiling her from London society. Second, a nobleman of dubious repute wants her to find a cache of smuggled goods hidden somewhere along the Devon coastline. Last and worst, she is invited to cream tea at the local manor, and when the autocratic and magnificent Earl of Beresford might be there, and perhaps the jewels themselves too, Beresford is the last place Eleanor wants to meet over cream tea.
0: When a dead body is discovered along the cliffs, of course, such delicate considerations become secondary. Fortunately, Eleanor now has a small vampiric chaperone. Even if said spinster has a habit of appearing stark naked, and together they are ready to risk the hard questions. Where are the jewels hidden? Who killed the smuggler? And just when is the cream tea being served? Okay. I I think it's not a bad jacket at all, actually. <laughs> it's definitely not. Very cute. It's, it's It really gives you an idea of not only the plot,
1: but also the style. Yeah, and one of the things I like the most is... I think the magical, mystical element of this book is really cool, but not... It doesn't change the world that much. This isn't Beck McMaster, where suddenly in, you're in steampunk Victorian London. Yes. And I think this jacket does a good job of talking about the way the world is different, obviously vampires and magic powers, but also getting across it in some ways. It's a pretty traditional representation of English life.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. It's, well, the traditional representation of English life that you will recognize from any romance novel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I feel like, I mean, and we'll talk about this in a second. Uh, this book reminded me a lot and Meg a lot of Gail Carragher's books, but yeah. I feel like the world was even less different than romance novel world than that was. Yes, I agree. It it also, so
0: this is, this is sort of like my niche favorite genre. I, I love books that are set in Regency England, but with like a little bit of magic, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of Mary Robinette Kowal's Shades of Milk and Honey series
1: um, as well. So just, just throwing it out there. So if you like any of those sort of reference books we've mentioned, this is probably worth checking out for you. Yeah.
0: Well, before we get into the meat of our review, as usual, we generated a random number and then wrote summaries based on that random number. So for this episode, the number that we generated was 48.
1: All right, I'll go first. Eleanor doesn't know how or why she knows where jewels are. After finding is mistaken for theft, she flees London and bonds with a tiny vampire who actually understands Eleanor's power. Eleanor divines missing jewelry of French refugees while learning the motives of an earl and a selkie.
0: Yeah, this is is like the perfect little summary, you know. (laughs) Just throw in some
1: words and you're like, okay, this is the kind of novel I'm going to be reading, you know? (laughs) Well, and I think it's also different because we try to be kind of pithy about the relationships, especially in these Shorten's random number summaries. And this is the first book in a series that are all going to clearly be about the same characters. Yes. And so the romance is only just sort of getting kicked off in this book. So it's kind of impossible to focus the random number summary on their dynamic. Exactly.
0: Although, I mean, I do my best in my 48 words. So, oh, yeah, let's hear it. Here you go. Eleanor's rusticating in the countryside after a scandal. How Regency Romance. Once there, however, she meets a vampire, a selkie, and the very Earl whose proposal would have solved their scandal, if only she'd accepted it. Now he's acting
1: missish because she's hanging out with naked supernatural beings. That is an excellent summary. (laughs) Well, thank you. I loved the reference to nudity because it does play such a significant part in the book. But, yes, I will say, I have never heard missish pronounced. Not by a southern person? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It felt but, agency to me. <laughs> no, it does. But for some reason in my head, I hear missa when somebody <laughs> says mishish because I think I've only ever heard it pronounced in, like, southern context, and that's how they think.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Well Anyway, no, non sequitur, but, like, I think that's, like, it's, it's the first time I've ever heard it not with a deep southern drawl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, well anyway, I I don't know. I I went into this book really with no preconceived ideas and I I enjoyed mm-hmm. it a lot. So, I thought it was super fun.
1: It was really uh, the world building I think was really excellent. Yeah. Um and especially in comparison to a lot of other regency mystical mystery sort of first and foremost with romance as a b-plot books yeah i think that's usually our favorite part but i think i'm always really pleasantly surprised when i see what feels like a new take on it yes exactly so this is not a vampire book like it is not no miss Zoof, the vampire is not she drinks blood and she can turn into a bat so it's like very clear why rosalie oaks went with vampire for her nomenclature but there it's not a full-sized human being it's not a vampire romance it's not no it's it's a very different form of vampire that I found very fun
0: yes so she's technically called a a vampirini I think that's how you would pronounce it I have not heard it pronounced and this is the first time I've ever seen the word written so (laughs) which feels very Italian even though she's French I don't know I don't know, but, but yeah, she's, she basically, she is, so you know how all the vampires can turn into bats and then the bats are like really little and then the human body is still really big? Well, in her case, she just retains the same mass, whether she's a bat or a miniature person.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: At least that's how I thought of it.
1: (laughs) Well, and one of the things I thought was interesting is, and I, I hope the subsequent books in the series get into it, is the way magic has evolved within society. Mm-hmm. Um, so Miss Zuth was hibernating basically for 80 years. Right. And so she's woken to a world where she immediately is like, oh, cool, I sent someone with magic powers. I'm going to go check them out. But it sort of shocks Miss Zuth that Eleanor doesn't have more understanding of her own abilities. Right. And so their partnership is equal parts about the benefits of a protector who is also magical for the Vampirini. And Miss um, Zoot's presence makes the effects of using her powers affect Eleanor le- yet less. But right. it's also the first time in her life Eleanor's actually kind of become aware of her own abilities and the fact that they could potentially, like, grow. <laughs>
0: Exactly. She's just sort of had these she's she calls herself a jewel diviner because she can sense where there when there are jewels around, but she mm. hasn't she keeps it a secret and it's not something that's super well known and her, her mother encourages her to keep it a secret as well because it could be scandalous or you know, she could be <laughs> she could be put on the shelf if anyone knew. <laughs> right. She'd be unmarriageable.
1: <laughs> well, and the worst years came true, right? found a beautiful jewel at a house party and was accused of theft. Exactly, Yep. So now
0: she's out in the country getting away from London society. Oh, also at this house party, she was accused of theft. She was with the Earl of Beresford, Mm -hmm. who she kind of has a crush on, but he proposed marriage out of honor. And so, of course, out of honor, she turned him down because she didn't want to marry anyone who didn't actually want to marry her. Right. So well, and the understanding is it was less
1: of a proposal and more of an assertion. Right. And so he sort of tried to say, don't treat my fiancé that way, and she responded with, what? I'm not your fiancé. <laughs> right.
0: So this is, I think this is our first major romance trope, right? Because how mm-hmm.
1: many times have you seen that in a romance? Um, At least a couple. It's usually... So you only see this scene in this book in flashbacks. Yes. Where I feel like in a romance novel, you would like actually see it played out. And even if it was a flashback, you'd read about their make out immediately before or after, which in this case doesn't happen. Absolutely. It's it's not played in the same way, but it's conceptually the same trope.
0: Right. Which is the, you know, the, the whole,
1: I don't, I don't want to marry anyone
0: who doesn't want to marry me. And then it takes, like, the whole book for him to say, I never would have proposed if I
1: didn't want to marry you anyway, right? <laughs> yep, except we don't get there in this book. Correct. Correct. Um, but... Another trope that I think these two have is pretty typical of a lot of Regency battle couple-esque mm-hmm. tropes. Where, you know, they both she especially, because you're never in his head. The whole book is from her perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, when she's intends to apologize or thank him for at least attempting to intercede, even if she wasn't happy with the method of it, every time she goes to try to like make nice with him, they end up fighting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I think, of course, in the traditional battle couple, they would end up fighting and then it would end in bed. Right. But that doesn't happen here. Uh, So I think it could have been frustrating in a straight romance, like a traditional romance. Yeah. But I I liked it here. It was just so much fun.
1: Yeah, I, I think, honestly, the only reason I'm harping on how not a romance it was to a degree is because I didn't expect it not to be. Yes. Which is totally on me. But I think whenever, you know, he plays a pretty significant part in the jacket I felt like he was going to play a more significant part in the book and he does to the plot. Like his existence is vital to the the story and the mystery. Yeah. But I felt like he was a plot device more than a character, which once again, I'm not saying as a criticism. I really liked this book. It's just a really far cry from a romance novel for me.
0: Yeah. It's, it's very focused on Eleanor and her perceptions and her ideas which, Mm -hmm. which adds, I think, to the humor, because of course, as a reader, I mean, there's all this dramatic irony, because you know, all these things that that she doesn't know, or you obviously Mm -hmm. are interpreting them the way they are meant to be interpreted. And she just is taking them the wrong way. Right. So it's really fun to, in my opinion, to read this kind of narrator, you know?
1: Oh, definitely. The it's not omniscient. Yeah. <laughs> it's it reminds me
0: a little bit of Amelia Peabody, actually, if Amelia Peabody when the third person.
1: Yes. Uh, the same attitude and, and stylistic talent where the author is capable of making the audience aware of things the main character isn't aware of without ever leaving that limited perspective. Right. Uh,
0: and then the, I think the, the last romance trope that's there is the, is that, there's a spy. And of course, you don't
1: know, is he a spy for England or is he a spy for France? Oh my god, and I think of the Tessa Dare novella. Yes. the This Spindle Cove spin-off where he appears out of the water one night and she's not even sure if it's him. Yes. And when she realizes it is him, she's like, oh no, he's clearly a spy. But for who? And yes. of once, course once it's upon, England.
0: Once upon a winter's
1: eve. Yes, of course he's honorable and good and the heroine's faith in the hero is not misplaced but it for all that this book has way less sex than that one it's played very similarly
0: absolutely
1: with her even when she thinks he might be a french spy not wanting to compromise his loyalty right
0: and but also she's like oh even if he's a french spy he's just still so hot you know (laughs) (laughs) yes uh Well, and then there's this, there's a final trope that I will mention, which is that um, he's very focused, so the hero is very focused on honor, right?
1: Is he? I I didn't get that.
0: Oh, I did. I I did. But... Again, you don't see it from his perspective. So you're just reading it from from her perspective. And she's not necessarily thinking that he's all about honor. But it's the way he's acting and the way he's talking. At least for me, that's what came across.
1: Yeah, I needed more from him. That's fair. To have any sense of who he really was as a character. Because, yes... First of all, you don't have enough of a sense of what went down in that jewel scene where she found the necklace. It's true. To understand why the proposal was necessary or why he would feel it to be necessary. Mm -hmm. And then in a lot of the other scenes, you know he's working for the greater good, but that still doesn't sort of excuse his treatment of her. Yeah, uh,
0: I think for me, too, it also has to do, I, I, so there's a, as Lane mentioned, as both of us mentioned in our summaries, there is a Selkie character. Yes. (laughs) And he's, so not only is this, so his name is Jack Delquan right? <laughs> so it's a French, French selfie. selfie. So, sort of, yes. <laughs> Lots of cues in his name. And uh, Jack is just hanging out with bearsford for some reason. And mm. you're like, okay. And eventually, he kind of comes clean about what's going on, which right. is that he's there because he got in trouble <laughs> in the selkie
1: kingdom and so
0: beresford, like keeping <laughs> an eye on you <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes like all these little details they were so fun they could have been eye and they were really really fun i just i don't think i got from earl beresford what i was supposed to that's that's
0: fine i don't know for me i was like jack is like yeah i gotta hang out with gotta hang out with him because he's he'll make sure that I'm on the straight and narrow I don't know just he had this sense of um protectiveness and and honor that I do I can find frustrating in my romance heroes but I also all enjoy right I mean we all like the guy who takes care of you you know
1: of course I just think I got to know jock better than the earl
0: that's definitely fair
1: I do want to say also, for all that the world building was great and I ended up really liking the mystery and getting a little ahead of ourselves, I loved the end of this book. So there good. were parts of the mystery that I found a little underbaked. Yeah. Um, there is a situation where Eleanor discovers a, a clear cache for smuggled goods or traders. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, if it was it was clearly supposed to be a red herring to some degree. Right. But I didn't quite understand what it was actually for. Right. Yeah. It, it sort of ended up getting dropped as a plot thread. And honestly, the rest of the book was so tight that I'm, I was surprised that it didn't right. get brought back up. Yeah. So yeah. Not, not a huge criticism. Like I said, overall, I found it really, really fun. But there were just a couple of scenes and a couple of characters that had nothing to do with the actual resolution of the text that I felt ended a little unresolved and not in a way that I think will be followed up on in subsequent books. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, And then there is
0: something that happens. So the book, again, we've said it's all from Eleanor's perspective. We, we, as the reader can tell that Beresford is trying to apologize and that he is into Mm -hmm. her, but she doesn't read his actions that way. Mm-hmm. Right. She's hanging out with with Jack Delquan, who's the like so hot. Apparently, Selkies are like the hottest creatures in the world. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> and of course, Beresford is jealous. Right. But she doesn't read it that mm-hmm. way. She reads it as, you know, she doesn't she doesn't he doesn't want her to have friends or whatever. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. And uh, something I think in a straight romance novel that would have really bugged me is that there is a lot of miscommunication and there is a lot of lying. So she actually lies to him about <laughs> a lot of stuff. Well, and he's clearly deceiving her about a lot of stuff. He is right. a secret spy. Exactly. And I, I, I think in a book that's supposed to be all about a relationship and building a relationship, that would have really bothered me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you listen to other episodes you have heard me express the same um, sentiments. Right. Mm-hmm. But here I was just like, oh my gosh, these kooky kids are just totally crazy. They just don't get it. I don't know. I I, I it worked for me here.
1: Oh, totally. If this had been a book where the romance was front and center, completely agree, I would have been rolling my eyes about their poor communication skills and their Lack of ability to trust one another. And Mm -hmm. instead, I was like, this is hilarious. (laughs) It's really... The book is so funny. Really funny. Honestly. And some of that is the other characters' interactions with the supernatural characters. Mm -hmm. Who are treated, in some ways, especially the Vampirini, as like the most serious character in the text, other than the girl. (laughs) Yes. But I also even loved... Eleanor's extended family yes I thought they had a really great vibe I, I just I really enjoyed a lot of the not just supernatural world building but the building up of secondary relationships
0: well so Eleanor has a brother named Percy mm-hmm. and he is basically he's uh, he can't be a henpecked husband because he's not he's not married to her but he's definitely like the younger sibling who she bosses mm-hmm. around all the time you know yep but who uh-huh. has a
1: major hero complex,
0: right? And I just I really recognized it. It felt like a real sibling relationship, even though they're they're doing things like fighting about having a vampirini in her reticule, you know? Right. So I really liked Percy. I really liked his motivations. <laughs> mm-hmm for helping her out and lying
1: and all, you know she'll make up these stories and then Percy's got to go along with it <laughs> I also there was a scene that I just thought was incredibly well done so there's this guy in London who sort of thinks he's on to Eleanor's secret mm-hmm. and so he wants to use her skills in Devon for his own purposes to find missing treasure and treat it dishonorably right and she and her brother both think he's bad news. Mm-hmm. And so so she's trying to mislead this bad guy and her brother very deftly picks up on the fact that she's trying to mislead him and does a good job sticking to the story until he makes a misstep because Eleanor hadn't told him about something. Right. And I thought that was just like, it's not the first time I've ever seen it, but it was particularly well crafted here that like Perry didn't come off as an idiot. Yes. Or as, mean-spirited but the miscommunication between the siblings was a, and the fact that why they wanted to hide things from one another was a regular source of humor and moving the plot forward yeah it's he's
0: a he's just a nice it's a nice character they they felt like real you know siblings bickering Mm. with each other Uh, they just had a very nice relationship which I really
1: enjoyed for all that, it, it's, like we said, it's only from her perspective, so he didn't get a ton of, like, independent scenes or actions. Right. But I think the, the author did a great job explaining who his character is with limited perspective. Exactly.
0: All right, do we, do we want to talk about the ending, or do you just want to say that we loved it? I mean, the
1: ending was really good. Um, without spoiling it, because I definitely don't want to give anything away. I loved that Eleanor was not helpless, even when she was. Mm-hmm. I loved her scheming. Yes. I loved the parallels to the beginning of the book. I,
0: yes, I loved it so much. It was so much um, show, not tell. It was
1: perfect, Lane. And it was something we've seen and criticized sometimes in Mysteries, all of the random tertiary characters end up in the same location for the ending.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it sort of feels like it's meant to be played kind of comedically that they're all on top of one another. I think that scene made me realize how well done this book was. Yes. Because I didn't feel like any of the characters on that book were afterthoughts. I didn't like, I wasn't super aware of. Yeah. So it got to play very comedically without any of the. Oh God, this author's cramming everyone. She's invented into this one scene. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) right Just overall really 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 well done
0: yes uh and i will i will simply say that nudity plays a very important part in the
1: denouement which is perfect for this book yes so overall i definitely recommend this one i will be catching up and reading the additional ones in the series uh so thank you guys so much for listening if you're enjoying the podcast Please rate, review, subscribe, and check us out wherever you get your internet information at Thoughtress.